Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Choosing Happy podcast. This is also the launch of our new season, season three, which features interviews with entrepreneurs about their journey in finding the work they love and their entrepreneurial adventure. So make sure you subscribe to get notified of new episodes and please like and share and leave a review to help support the podcast. To begin in this episode, I talk with Sarah Aurora Waters, an intuitive healer and coach from Sweden, discussing her experiences in intuitive healing, kinesiology and quantum field work and how she applies her abilities to help women struggling with burnout, fear of failure and perfectionism. I'm Heather Masters and this is the Choosing Happy podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's Choosing Happy podcast and I'm really excited about this episode because I get to chat with Sarah Aurora Waters who is an intuitive healer and coach and she's also located in Sweden which is a bit different for my normal guests. So welcome Sarah. Thank you so much Heather, lovely to be here. I'm pleased to, to have you. Could you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you help and how you help them? Well, uh, as you said, I'm a, an intuitive healer. I work in the quantum field uh, and uh, I work mainly with women who struggle with burnout, fear of failure, criticism, perfectionism, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm also a creativity coach. I work a lot uh, with arts and creativity and uh, teach women how to uh, fall in love with their creativity and stop judging, stop thinking about what other people think. So you said you work a lot in the quantum field. Can you explain that a little bit more? Well, that's where everything is pure potential. Nothing is material yet. Nothing has been manifested. Uh, and it's a neutral place. So when we go there, we can change things. Uh, we can change all of our subconscious beliefs. Uh, and we can either delete the ones that are blocking us or we can install new ones that are helpful. And when you say, when we go there, how would how would we access that quantum field? Well, well it is a technique that I use when I do my healing work. Um, so you have to practice going there. Uh, I can't really, you know, teach you how to do that now on the spot, but... <laughs> It's perfect possible for anyone to, to learn how to do it. Um, so is it kind of a visualization process or something similar to that? Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Yes. It's a kind of, maybe you could call it kind of meditation, uh, where you go beyond yourself out to the universe, okay. where there is no duality. And how did you get into this line of work? What was your story of discovering that? Well, I wanted to heal myself. So I never aspired to become a healer or a coach or anything like that. Uh, I first became a kinesiologist and that was purely by chance because people I met uh, did that kind of work and they also trained people to do it. So yeah, 
I just happened to stumble upon it. Uh, first, I only took one class out of three, and then I was gifted the next one. So I thought, well, why not do it then? And then once I had done two out of three, then yeah, it, there was no reason not to take the third one. And the very day when I was uh, certified, I got a queue of people lining up to get treated. So I was really terrified of healing clients before that. <laughs> but then I just threw my hands in the air and, <clears throat> well, yes, okay, I'm ready. So can uh, you And then later on, I, I, I trained to be a theater healer as well and some other kind of modalities. So kinesiology, can you just explain a little bit for those who don't know what kinesiology is? Yeah, it, it has nothing to do with Chinese or anything <laughs> like that. It has to do with uh, kinesthetic uh, resistance. So you, you test, you muscle test. Uh, maybe you've seen people put their arm and, and, and then the facilitator push it, push it down. Uh, and when it's something that is a problem, you get weak. Uh, when you say yes, you get strong. And when you say no, you get weak because the, the brain sends signals to the muscles. Uh, and then we can use that to ask questions uh, to the subconscious or the body, whichever you prefer to say. So were the three trainings you did around kinesiology or was it around the quantum field? Sorry? You, 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 said, you, did, you said you did three workshops. Was that yeah, kinesiology? Yes, yes. I, I'm just curious, just um, what, what do they cover in those three workshops, just as a, a high level? Yeah, it wasn't uh, workshops. It was uh, a three-year-long training, but there were three occasions during those three years. So it was quite... Um, Mm. quite uh, in-depth in training. Uh, it was um, uh, acupuncture points. It was uh, all sorts of, you know, the, the physical body, the, the skeleton, nutrition, uh, toxi toxins, everything that you could have a problem with. And also the mental and the emotional side of things. Um, so it was... Yeah, very in-depth, I would say. And does it cover frequencies as well? I believe that's... Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, because we also entered into the emotional and mental things. So then you're looking at frequencies. Uh, we actually had lists to, that we worked with, uh, with 70 points, but we didn't know what was on those 70 points. Right. Because it was a sort of... Uh, downloaded into those 70 points, they were different emotional issues that people might have. So we would look, we, we would use muscle testing to find where the point was. And it could be in the, in a chakra, it could, could be in your, uh, in your energy field, it could be in the body, in an organ, it, it could be basically anywhere. Wow. So a lot to it. Um, you also yeah. mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned theta healing. Could you explain a little bit about that, please? Yeah, um, it is 
sort of similar, but not also not. We we in theta healing you talk a lot with with a client. In in kinesiology you don't. You talk to the body, um, and you you muscle test continually. Um, in theta healing we have a, a conversation, and then we muscle test uh, from that, and and we test the client what they. Um, respond to so it's okay. just different and then we give commands to delete or install things so um you, you said you got into it by accident could you explain a little bit more about that about your journey yeah i i um my doctor wanted to do um hysterectomy on me 20 years ago and i i did not want to do that uh, so I I found a healer uh, who healed me uh, remotely. We talked on the phone. Never met her to this day. I don't know what she looks like, <laughs> but she did a lot of healing, and we were convinced that we would fix this problem. Uh, what she found was that I had uh, memories in my cervix. This is a bit intimate, but anyway. Uh, of being raped in a past life. I was a nun and I was raped by four men, okay. uh, fell pregnant, and that was still stored in my body. So that was causing the the problems uh, with the cells. Um, so it was precancerous. Mm. Uh, and um, she found other sorts of lifetimes that I had, and, and they were all horrible. I had been executed over and over again. Uh, and I had already before then been very interested in past lives, but this of course sparked my interest even more. Um, I finally decided to have the operation uh, for several reasons, but afterwards the doctor said it was basically fine. The cancer cells were basically gone. But there were some other issues, so it, it was probably good that I had it anyway. Uh, but we we had succeed. <laughs> so of course that was fascinating, and that led. I think that opened the door for me. That was right. sort of my spiritual awakening. Started a little bit before that. I I walked around saying I want to I want to read a book about God. And I didn't know why I said that, but I kept saying, I want to read a book about God. And, and one day I just saw it in, in Pocket Shop and it was conversations with God. And oh. I just, ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> and, and I had struggled with faith and religion all my life because my dad is an atheist and my, my mom's dad was a vicar. So I was, you know, squashed in the middle of that. So religion and faith was very, very difficult to me. Uh, but then when I read that book, I, I just felt, well, if this is how it is, then I believe, then this is this is exactly what I believe in. Yeah, different and then, perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then one thing led to another. I Someone gave me a book, in, which was written by the kinesiologist teacher, and uh, I ended up doing a Reiki class, which 
I, it didn't impress me, but you know, and maybe it did add to that new path that I was already on. Yeah. And then I'm a very curious person. So of course I wanted to learn even more so that, yeah, that's why I took theta healing yeah, later on and then divine healing master key and some other courses, essential oils and all sorts of things. Some very and powerful I, techniques. I honestly, sorry? Some very powerful techniques there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, from what I know now, because I end up in so many past lives in, in my work and I've remembered so many of my own, uh, I think it started, you know, centuries ago. I've been a shaman and a priest and all, all sorts of things. Uh, and was very, very interested in, in plants and herbs and medical plants when I was little. Are you still interested in those now? Yes, I have a big garden. All right. Big <laughs> garden, even. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, such a movement back to traditional medicine and traditional healing now. Um, yeah. Are you seeing an influx in clients now? Are you getting more requests? Yeah. It, when I when I was uh, certified as a kinesiologist, it was 2006. And then there was a huge resistance. People were were questioning, do you really believe in that? What is that? Is you know, humbug. Uh, it has changed over the years. And 2018, I was sucked from my teaching job. I was a teacher for 20 years. Uh, and the very next day, uh, clients started, you know, queuing up again. So I've been doing this full time since. Wow. Oh, very good. Um, can you tell us more about your the creativity, the creative side? What what are the benefits and who do you work with with, with that? Yeah, I I really enjoy combining healing and creativity because I, I can really see the benefits because many as I said before, many of the women I work with they are perfectionists, they are burnt out or on the verge of burning out, uh, very high demands on themselves uh, and very scared of criticism, very focused on what people think. So what I teach is to focus on what do you want to express rather than what is it going to be or what are people going to think about it. That is not interesting in in my view, what is interesting is what what is it that you need to express that it is inside of you. Um, so that helps kind of find your own voice and your own come back into alignment, really, with who you are. Yes, and also be less scared of failure and, and criticism when you do other things. You know, when you work in your business or in your job or whatever you do uh, in your everyday life, uh, it, it spills over into every area. Because if you're scared of expressing your creativity and, and, and really worried about keeping it neat and tidy, that's how you're living your whole life. So it's not just because they're going to make a lot of art. 
is because it actually has a lot of benefits in, in all areas of life. Yeah, I, I think that we underestimate the fact that creativity isn't just about art. It is about everything that you are. We're continuously creating, which with every every word we speak, every thought we put out, we're creating. And it's the recognition that that's everything in terms of relationships and business and health we're creating. What's yes, the... exactly. Sorry, go on. Yeah, that's what I try to try to preach, you know, that anything can be creative. It, it depends on your approach to it. If you have a creative approach to cooking, you will experiment in the kitchen and, and try new things that you don't know for sure that is going to be nice. Might be a disaster, but it's creative. You could do anything in a creative way if you're, if you're not concerned about the outcome. But so many people are so focused on the outcome and the result. That is also fine, but we need to focus more on, on the journey, on the process. Yeah, it's, it's the journey that's the learning, isn't it? So, um, yeah. And it, it opens up more possibilities when you're not so, as you say, narrowly focused on the outcome. You, you, well, I find for myself that I'm willing to look at different options and opportunities mm -hmm. rather, in, rather than trying to control the outcome. Mm -hmm. So are you finding, is, is there one area, just thinking about the, the way things have changed over the last two, three years, are you finding there are there's a specific theme coming up in the work that you do or... Is it still very general? No, it, it, it's not a general theme. It's so individual. Depends on who I'm working with. Uh, yeah. What the themes that I often come across is self-worth and self-love and yeah. that kind of things. Yeah. Also money. And I think that's maybe a theme that people are struggling. Many people are struggling now because of what's happened in the last few years. Um, but, you know, as a healer, you always attract a certain kind of client. Right, yes. You don't get any anyone. You get certain people. So the themes that I have seen... In my clients, they have been self-worth, self-love, perfectionism, burnout, and, and those kind of things. Uh, I, I, I don't work with physical illnesses. I mean, sometimes they disappear anyway because it's all connected. Physical mm. illnesses are usually not physical. They, uh, they all start in our mind somehow, but um, yeah. Just on Everyone the, the... gets focused Sorry, on an area. Mm. I was going to say just just because you mentioned the the financial one, and that does seem to be um, increasing the anxiety around finances. How does your work um, work with that? What does it shift with 
what other types well, of things? You can sh yeah, you can, I mean, what often comes up with clients um, when it comes to past lives is that they have been a, a nun. I, I, I work mostly with women. I mean, they could have been men, of course, other lifetimes, but often they have been nuns and uh, they have a vow of, of poverty still because they made that when they were yeah. a nun. So it's, it's not gone because things don't disappear just because we die. We have those imprints, carry them with us until we do something about them. So that's one thing. Uh, another very common one is that they've been killed in a robbery gone wrong. And then that turns into money's dangerous. That's right. the belief in sort of are semi-aware of now. So that's the thing that we need to clear. Or they might have been, like me, been killed in the French Revolution because they were rich. Which means it's dangerous to be wealthy. It's not, then it's not money being dangerous, but it is being rich that is dangerous. Right. So those are different things. And also a lot of judgments around Poor people, rich people, rich people are da da da. Poor people are, you know, dot dot dot. So, lots of judgments around money. Money is, is evil. Money is the root of evil. Um, there are so many things. Um, one thing I had to clear, and I know many other people struggle with that. My granny uh, grew up in Germany. And she experienced the, the depression, so she had to get a wheelbarrow of money to get a loaf of bread. Of course, money is never enough. There's never enough money. Yeah. And, and money can lose value. So what's the point in saving them? Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. And, and, of course, that's also the case for people who experience depression in America. Yeah. So, yeah. So many things. So just um, focusing on past lives, can you tell us a little bit more about how you discover past lives or locate them or how does that happen for you? It, it's happened naturally. It's nothing that I decided. I was very, very cu curious for a long time. I started to remember my first life when I was in my late teens, I was burnt, being burnt as a witch. Um, but then it took a very long time before I remembered any more. And it's always been very unexpected um, in, in situations that reminded of that, that old uh, situation in that past life. Um, <clears throat> So, and, and it's the same when I work with a client, I can never tell if I'm going to tap into a past life or not. Uh, it depends on um, if it's connected to the issue that we're working on, then it might happen. Um, I do all my work intuitively, so I hear things, I see things, and then I ask the client, because I, I work remotely through Zoom, so right. I they have to muscle test themselves 
so then I say things that I hear or see and they have to muscle test it. And then I make a list of things uh, and then we, I heal that. But um, I never know when beforehand, but it, it, it started happening maybe four or five years ago. And, and uh, in almost every session I started ending up in, in past lives. I also do work a lot, you know, in the current lifetime, but past lives are a big thing. Do you feel that um, because of where we are in, in time that a lot of past lives are coming up to heal? There's this, this theory of we're moving into the age of Aquarius and we have to heal the karma before we can move into it. Is, is that part of it? Yes, sort of. The way I see it is that we are ready. Humanity is ready to let go of old baggage. Right. Um, and then... Yeah, to to be clear, so that I mean, it's sort of what you're saying, so we can make this a better world and, and spread love and light. And if we have a lot of shadows inside of us, then that's going to work very well. So, when you work with clients, is there work for them to do for themselves after the sessions, or? Not if they don't want to, it's not necessary. I usually meet uh, with my clients once a week, an hour a week, for six months or longer. And uh, the healing work is, is enough, but they do need to keep an open mind. They do need to stop talking about the problems because it's very easy to recreate them. Yeah. So, and and of course sometimes I I hear books and films that might be interesting for them to read. And so then I suggest that, but it's not necessary. So, in in your own journey, um, you're now doing this full time. Do you think that it was? destined is this your your happiness are you you know is this your choosing happy if you like i don't think that there is only one thing that we can do or we are destined to do i think we we have free will that is the basis of my work so i have a lot of other things that i do i'm, I'm an artist and yeah we do all sorts of things. So it's it's not that we have only one thing. I mean, some people do, and I I kind of envied them because that seems easier than to be, you know, so multi fascinated or <laughs> I don't know what to say, but you know, um, kind of um, Renaissance personality, but. Uh, yeah, I think it is a bit dangerous to look for what we're destined for because then we get stuck in that instead of doing things. I I love teaching. I love uh, seeing people grow in their own eyes. That makes my heart sing. So, you know, 
I, I love doing that. Um, but there's not just one thing. Um, yeah, the, the way I look at it is there's not just one thing, but sometimes it feels like all those other things join the dots to get us to a certain place. Um, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was a very miserable teacher for twenty years, even though I I love teaching. But I I really don't like the school system. I don't like grading children, and it was wasn't fun. It wasn't enough play. Uh, it was, yeah, just stuffing yeah. them with knowledge, and it's not child friendly in in my opinion. Uh, but I I did learn a lot from it. Yeah, I learned a lot about people, humans, how they work, uh, how to how to make them grow. Yeah, uh, how to make see their own beauty. I I always ended up working with the, you know, the failing ones, and and I really enjoyed it too because. That was so wonderful to show them. You're not failing, not yeah. a failure. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and also, what I said about the, all the things that happened with stumbling upon the kinesiology education and the books and the paper. Of course, that's not. I don't. I don't believing coincidence. I mean, it's not just by chance. Of course, there's a thought behind it of some sort. Definitely. And going forward, um, do you have a vision for yourself going forward and for your work? Yeah. I mean, of course, I would love to reach more people to, to, to be able to you know, transform more people's lives and and make the world a better place to live. Um, there's a lot to do on that part. <laughs> so is your, is your focus... I was doing... Sorry. Sorry, no, go on. That's what you can you... say. It's okay, I'll come back. No, I, I want to do more of my own art. Uh, that's... Uh, that's... That was going to be my question. What, what what was it that you wanted to do more of? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's. So, are you teaching art as well, or are you just creating art yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not teaching art uh, as such. Uh, I'm, I'm teaching creativity, the creative approach. So we do we do uh, doodle and draw and you know uh, paint and things like that. But the the aim isn't isn't making art. It's it's changing your perspective. So I'm using art, but to in a in a healing perspective. And. And is this one to one or is it online groups or how do you? Uh, it's both. It's one on one. Uh, everything is online. Um, uh, one on one groups. Uh, yeah. Self study, but that yeah. 
I, I, I have some self-study courses and then it's not healing, of course, but then I use art to yeah. communicate with the, with the inner child to create a relationship with that. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Connecting with your inner child? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it is very important work to, to get to know your inner child. We all have an inner child or more than one. And, and they're actually like a proper child. We need to treat it as a proper child. Uh, partially why we have an inner child is because we get stuck at different ages because we experience trauma might not look like a trauma to the outside world, might be a seemingly small thing, but the child might internalize it as a trauma. Um, <clears throat> and then a part of the soul gets stuck in that age. So then when we get stressed, uh, we go back to act like that age. Right. When we get angry, when we get frustrated, sad, upset, we start acting like that child. Which is why we see so many people act like three-year-olds, you know, when they get angry. Because yeah. they got stuck. No one was able to help them through that phase to how to handle their anger in, in a constructive way. So then we need to start communicating with that child with on that level that the child is whether it's three year old five years old seven years old you know uh, and and talk to the child that way that we would if it was a real child and and something that i teach is to uh, write letters back and forth with your child your inner child and you use your dominant hand to write from your adult self and right. your non-dominant hand from your inner child. And you actually get answers. Okay. I've, I've heard um, some people say that the inner child is a representation of your unconscious mind. Do you, is, do you believe that or? Yeah, no, no, I don't. It's if it anything is the subconscious mind, part of the subconscious mind, right? But not well, conscious. That's the problem that it is not conscious. <laughs> no, I, I, I said and that's one. No, I said the unconscious. Sorry, I was just using. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It, it definitely part of the unconscious mind, uh, and that's why it, it becomes problematic because it plays out without as being conscious uh, of it so yes and do you use theta healing ever with the inner child work uh yes i mean i i i, I use my healing work yeah. um i i if it comes out i check if the person still tests yes to being a child maybe to being a teenager toddler, baby, uh, and then we delete that because we don't 
want to be a child now, even if we want a relationship with the inner child. Uh, and then they might not test yes to being an adult. So then we need to install that. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. Um, uh, and then I might find traumas in certain ages and so on. But I don't heal the inner child uh, as such. Right. There's... Um... There's also thoughts around the fact that, especially in the West, we don't go through any initiation once we're in our teenage years that take us into adulthood. Is Do you think that's part of the, the problem that we have in, in terms of healing our inner child? Yeah, well, not really, because that would affect the teenager, <clears throat> in my view. And the, the, the inner child has certain problems uh, connected to that age. But I think there is a huge problem with teenagers feeling uh, like they don't matter. They don't know. They don't see a space for themselves. They don't, yeah. So I think what is a big problem is in our society is that we divide people into age groups. That we put children and teenagers in schools so we don't have to see them. And we put all people in all people's homes so we don't have to think about them. And, you know, uh, yep. adults, we put in jobs that they don't enjoy. Uh, so we put people away instead of mixing them and... and making everyone feel needed and important. Yeah, kind of coming back to traditional communities where everyone had a place. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I also think that it would be good to have initiations when we become a teenager, when we become an adult. It's that, because now People stay teenagers until, you know, they're late yeah. 30 and things and, yeah. Have you written any books at all? I have written uh, and uh, illustrated a children's book. Um, and I'm, I'm planning to write a book about Noah. But it is not done yet. <laughs> So what are your plans as we're coming to the close of 2023? What's your vision for 2024 or do you have one? Um, I have just been revamping my website. So I'm very excited about launching that next week. Uh, and um, I'm focused on filling up my year long program that will start in January. Um, Tell us what's the what's the year long program. Uh, it is called uh, "Create Your Magical Life Now," <laughs> and we set fit for and we focus on one theme every month. Every month through the year, um, it's a group coaching program uh, with uh, a monthly 
group healing session, uh, lots of homework. So we work on self-worth, money, creativity, uh, yeah, all sorts of things to look at yourself through, you know, all different kinds of perspectives to really explore yourself and, and yeah, fall in love with yourself. That's, that's the goal. So um, your website, when will it be ready? Your new website? Uh, uh, next week, uh, 28th. And do you have the um, link that we can put in the show notes for people to go if they want to have a look at your year-long course? It's the same. Uh, it's the current. Uh, All right. Good. Good. Just going to magically change it overnight. Okay. <laughs> So if someone wants to get on your course, how do they go about it? Is it just go to the website? Do they need to fill in forms? Are there any interviews? Yes, or anything like it, it would be, it would be uh, showcased on, on the website. So, Okay. Brilliant. And the website is my name, sarahwaters.com. Uh, so it's easy. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And how else can they work with you? Um, how can they find they can you? Sorry. Yeah, they can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And how can they find you on social media? Are you on Instagram? Which is the best way to contact you? Uh, Facebook. My my personal profile is the best. Uh, that's where where I like to connect, well, okay. where I'm most active. And through uh, Messenger, people are welcome to, to message me. I also have a Facebook group that they are very welcome to join. Oh, brilliant. What's What's that called? Discover you. Discover you. Brilliant. If you had two pieces of wisdom to pass on to our listeners, what would they be? Two pieces. Um, loving yourself is more is always the answer. You're the center of your world, so you are always more important than what anyone else thinks. Very, very powerful. And is there <laughs> anything else that you'd like to say as a final? I don't think so, but it was very lovely to be here with you. It was very, very lovely, very to, lovely to, to and uh, I'll be taking a look at your course as well. So, <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, and thank you. Yeah, speak to you again, and, and good luck with the course. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it or think it would be valuable to others, please do share. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave me a review. It really helps the podcast. All of the links are in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you next week on the Choosing Happy podcast. <laughs>